When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Beaver Banter Podcast. I'm Nick Daschle, and I cover Oregon State football and basketball for the Oregonian and Oregon Live. The, the Beavers are 3-0 and after pounding Montana State 68-28 to at Providence Park last Saturday. At 3-0, and that's a record we haven't seen since 2014. Joining me on the podcast is former Oregon State cornerback Kyle White. Welcome back, Kyle. Thank you, thank you. You know, we could start with Montana State or USC, but I kind of think we need to at least start with USC since that's what's top of mind for everybody right now. So I just thought I'd start with, you know, kind of getting your feelings on what what's your level of excitement for this game, given, you know, how Oregon State has fared so far and what the game seems to mean. 100% honesty, it's uh, nerve-wracking and excitement at the same time because the way we're playing – I mean, the way we came out with versus Fresno State was frightening, but I mean, exciting. We won last weekend. I mean, everybody just loved being at uh, Providence Park. I mean, we played phenomenal against a small ranked team, which we expected to blow out. And we did exactly what everybody came out to do and shut that up real fast. And I loved that. And, you know, going into USC weekend, it's definitely going to be one for the books because I think that. In ways we might, you know, put our big boy pants on and play hard, or at the same time, like I don't know, because that's how nerve-wracking Oregon State can be when you look at the history of how we play. And I love the giant killers. And the question is, is this gonna be a team that can be a giant killer? Yeah, I know. I think people kind of look at Oregon State and and just can't believe they could beat USC just because of the history. And I just I just I'm not buying that. I just it's hard. I've seen this team enough to to know they just don't seem to they don't seem to fear anything. I mean, it's not it's not your Oregon State of 2018 or 2020 even. I mean, they I think they're they're ready for the moment and and I mean, frankly, they're as good as USC. Now, whether they can put it together, you know, we'll see on Saturday, but I mean, they've got some assets that that can match or beat USC and you know, if they're ready for the moment, I think I think they get a good shot to win. But well, we'll get back to USC in a little bit. Let's 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 talk about the Montana State game first. Um, I, what where where did you see the game? Uh, I was at the stadium in the second row, right beside the field. Oh, okay, yeah. So I was in the yeah I was in the press box and down on the field afterward. But what so what did you think of the, the atmosphere? I thought it was I thought it was pretty good. It was better than I thought it was going to be. I mean, I've seen all week going into the game that it was sold out and all there was was standing tickets. And, you know, it's hard to believe, especially with the Oregon State game, that, you know, you get that big of a, you know, an atmosphere and all that, that, that amount of people. But truly honest, like, that's one that I'll remember. And now better as a fan than a player to see how much support Oregon State had and how well they played and performed for their fans. I uh, truly loved it. Yeah, I mean it was it was loud. I mean it was, it was louder than you know Reeser probably just because well, I don't maybe it wasn't but it seemed like it just because of 
I mean, it's a full it's a full type stadium as opposed to Reeser right now with you know being the like the two thirds stadium. So eh, field seemed okay. I mean, it, it you know it didn't it didn't pop, but it didn't it wasn't it wasn't terrible. So, but that there wasn't much you could do about that. You did what they did what they could with that. But and I I don't know how it looked on TV. I haven't watched the TV. I haven't watched the video of the game yet, but um, I assume it, it sounded like from people I talked to, it sounded like it came off good on TV too. So, so that was a win. I don't know that they're ever going to be back in Portland again, but you know, it was, it was, it was a good, it was a good experience to, to try a game like that. I think it made people in Portland pretty happy. They didn't have to, you know, do the, do the all day slog to Corvallis and back. You know, I think it was really good for the Portland fans and especially all the alums that normally never go down to Corvallis and, you know, they probably won't do that very often, but I think it'd be something that they should look into just because of how much fan base they have up here and how much support they do actually get. Yeah. I mean, the reason it's never going to happen again really is because, I mean, they're building research, they're re- building research to make money and, and <laughs> exactly. those, they, those, those, those boxes that they're building and, uh, you know, luxury suite, what, what all the, all the luxury premium sections that they're building i mean those are geared to make money and they can't make that kind of money in portland so plus they got to pay stadium rental and all it just you know it was worth doing in this case but it's not going to happen again which is okay yeah obviously you know montana state's a good fcs team but they're they, they you know they're just they're not at oregon state's level but how do you how do you tell how well the beavers played I mean, when it came down to it, like, I think we hit all cylinders offensively and defensively. Uh, what was it? Three interceptions and, like, nine touchdowns, seven touchdowns. And, you know, when you look at, like, the stats-wise, overall, like, we had more passing yards than we did overall yards for them offensively. Uh, I mean, I think it started off a little rocky, but that's what we do. And, then you know, we come out and we came out swinging. And I think that just as you go through it. And I mean, for any fan that watched the game, it's just like you saw a glimpse and not even a glimpse. You saw a full game's worth of what Oregon state is, whether it's with a small team or not, they put all their things together and, you know, they, they put all the pieces together and the things that you want to see when they bring to the PAC 12. So when it comes to like the actual big, big games, if they play the way they just played with the caliber I think that, you know, we're in for a great season ahead. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought Oregon state took advantage of all the, you know, all the things that they should have taken. I mean, they, they haven't had a chance to return a punt this year and they did in this game and Anthony Gould made them pay. Um, they, they had some good kickoff returns. They didn't cover uh, a couple of the kickoffs very well, but those are things they can, they can kind of clean up and not to mention, I think the kicking game is going to get better once Everett Hayes. He's 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 not feeling his leg is just not right right now, but they'll get that fixed. I think. Um, you know, the offense scored nine touchdowns. They, they put up five hundred and forty yards. They really didn't get stopped the whole game. You know, the defense. I like the way they. You know, once they got hit in the mouth in that first series, they came back out and and. You know they responded with a couple of interceptions and a three and out the rest of the half. So, I mean, I just thought, you know, you're playing Montana State. You know, you know what you got to do. They did what they had to do, and 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 they're able to move on with a nice victory. So, um, what uh, what did you what did you like about the offense against Montana State? What kind of stood out to you there? 
I really love the way that um, our quarterback was able to just, you know, sling the ball around as well as all of our running backs were able to run effectively. Uh, I mean, overall, it seemed like we were able to move the ball, get down the field, great third downs, uh, first down effective, and just, you know, move the ball consistently rather than being pushed back. A lot of penalties here and there. I think we were able to move the ball consistently, get down the field, score big plays, small plays, and and eat yardage. Yeah, I thought that uh, you know early on there were a few drops, which have been a big problem this year so far. But after that, they really the receivers caught the ball pretty well. I thought it was pretty important that that Treshawn Harrison and and uh, Anthony Gould got going in this game because they really need a couple of guys to 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 really get going in the passing game, particularly with Luke Musgrave. He's going to be out. I don't know. I don't think it's going to be for the season, but it's going to be a while. So they need some guys to step up and 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 get open and, and make some catches. And Harrison, my God, he was. I mean, <laughs> there wasn't anybody within five yards of him half the time when he was open. So and when he was catching passes. So if he can if he can catch fire, I mean, that's that's the guy they they really need to 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 take off and. I like him, mean, and that—that's probably the game, part of the offense. I think I like the best. Um, the running game was was good. I mean, I, I don't know how good it could have been against Montana State. I just don't know, you know, what you would expect. I mean, do you expect four hundred or five hundred yards against Montana State? I, you know, I don't know that that's going to happen. But I thought they 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 looked better than they did a week ago against Fresno, and the, and the Fresno game was a was better than the boys you say. So at least you've got three games where you're getting better, better, better. So to get to go into the USC game, and you know, and Chance Nolan was really effective. The third down efficiency was really good, ten out of thirteen. Um, you know, those are things. Those are things that they needed to to get a little better at, and they did. So defensively what what did you like on on that side of the ball from Oregon State I mean like you were saying earlier I do agree with the the first first drive you know it wasn't the greatest but I mean overall coming up with three interceptions multiple stops very low uh third down consistency with uh, Montana State I mean yes it's one thing where you you know it's Montana State we expect to blow them out we expect we expect to play well but if you look at the history with in this circumstance, you have to. It's Oregon State never plays the best, but not bad against FCS schools. So it's like it's most of the time still a game. But what I liked about this year is that there was no if, ands, or buts. They were going to blow them out. You know, they really came in, they played hard, and they played well. They left them only to 28 points and was able to just, you know, really shut them down for. Now, would I have liked to see a 21 or 14 only point score? Yeah. But, I mean, you're coming up with three interceptions. Um, you're keeping them to a very low minimum, you know, overall total yardage. Uh, I truly would take that defense more days than not. Now, it's going to get a little bit rougher come next week, and so I'm hoping that, you know, they can do similar. But, again, it's actual Pac-12, so they actually have big boy play now. Yeah, I thought it was important that they got a few takeaways to get that that mojo part back because they did. You know, they had five against Boise, but they had none against Fresno, and I think that's gonna that's a that's a big deal for this defense. They need to make they need to create takeaways and give the def- offense a couple of any e- couple of easy short fields to score on. I, I think that's what winning teams do, and, and so I thought that was important. Um, what what didn't you like about 
any was there anything at all you didn't like about the game about the anything for the beavers on on saturday i mean truthfully honest this is i in my opinion even though it's a you know fcs school this is the best showcase game they've had so far this year just because they were ever they were able to hit everything that they needed to and check off boxes that they needed to and a game like this it's in my opinion it's like a practice game like you want to make sure that you're crisp and you're and everything was clean come next week so um overall like i i was very satisfied with this game just because of how well they moved the ball offensively and played defensively with their takeaways um there wasn't really much because not only that their special teams were hitting so overall i would say that the game went really well they hit more things than not that i expected um and it shows beaver fans that you know like this could be a good year as long as they can play at this caliber against bigger schools as well. Yeah. I guess a couple things that I, you know, thought that, and Brian Lingren talked today about, there was a lot of stuff on offense. He thought they could, could clean up. Um, he didn't think it was perfect by any means, which is what every coach is going to say, but the, you know, the kickoff return, it wasn't just, it just wasn't the touchdown. There was a couple others where Montana state got some decent yardage on that. So, I mean, those are things that they, that, you know, you, you know, have got to get a little bit better. I also thought that we saw no Jack Coletto in the game, which I, I don't know. The Beaver fans can handle that. You know, they, they need their Jack Coletto fix in the game. And, um, <clears throat> you know, the one situation where they brought him in on fourth and one as a, as a fullback, and then they ran the uh, pitch play to, uh, um, or Nolan ran the pitch play to, to Martinez and he fumbled it, but he, he got the lucky bounce and got 17 out of it. I I mean, if you got Coletto in the game, you, you got to run. I mean, and it's fourth and one. You can't take those chances. I don't think, but <clears throat> I, I understand. I understand what they were trying to do. I mean, you're every once in a while, you're trying to put something on video where you're trying to tell the opponent, you know, we're not always going to go Coletto. See, here we go. We're not going to always go to Coletto. So you have to prepare for everything. And, but, Sometimes you can overthink that a little bit, I guess. Well, in my opinion, I mean, it's a, it's Montana State, you know, like the game is and they played the way they needed to. And with Musgrave gone, you know, let's say he was actually healthy. I still wouldn't have used him as much as needed just because you don't want him to get hurt during a USC game or a bigger game before those games. And so I think in Coletto, for Coletto, it's the same thing where it's like, you know, you have this weapon. On smaller games like this, it's not always needed to use that weapon. You know, like what happens? What ifs? If he were to try to keep using him on like third and one, fourth and one, it's like these are areas that, you know, this is a smaller team. The other guys need to prove that they are worthy or able to do these things as well. So like, you know, give them the opportunity, give them the chance to show that they can do it so that it's not always the Coletto show. So like, you know, fans might not like that, but it shows how depth, like the depth that we actually have. Well, I guess, I, I mean, Coletto did actually play quite a bit. He just yeah. never took a hand off. I'm, I'm just saying on fourth and one, if you got Coletto in the game, <laughs> you just don't, I just don't think you take any chances because he's almost, he's automatic on fourth and one. Oh, I mean, great though. I don't know. I, I, I'm guessing they were trying to put something on video just, just so opponents, future opponents, you know, get this idea that, well, they may not go to Coletto every time, but, um, I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I could be wrong there. Um, well, let's get to USC. Cause that's, that's really the main course here. Um, 
What what you you played USC in was it 2016 at home? Um, um yes. Remember any remember anything from that game at all? USC at home not as much, USC away too much to remember. Oh, did you so, oh did I'm trying to uh, oh you did play in both so you played in both years. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That was the game where Gary Anderson walked out the next day. That is it. <laughs> How could I forget? How could I forget that one? <laughs> Yeah, that was one to remember. I'll tell you that. Wow! Yeah, I forgot all about. I forgot all about that. So that's what was that? That game was that. Yeah, that was a thirty-eight to what thirty-eight to three or something like that. I think I remember. If I remember right. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. They definitely put numbers up and threw the ball everywhere on the field. Uh, I remember at one point they put in their blind kicker and he kicked the field goal too, which was awesome. We were just also getting blown out at the moment. But I mean, that was a game. You couldn't, you couldn't possibly have thought that was awesome. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the kid lived out his dream, and I just he happened did. to be he on did. the other side. Yeah, yeah. But uh, well, I mean, when you when you went in the locker room that after the game, I mean, did you have any sense at all what was coming? Not at all. Actually, that was the craziest part. Is it was complete, just like a just hit you in the face and you weren't expecting any part of it. And we came to, uh, on Sunday, we got into the meeting room and coach, uh, Anderson pulled us in and started saying like, you know, like, Hey, I just want to apologize. I'm just going to be stepping down. Um, I love you guys, this and that. And then all these articles came out and, you know, everybody has their fair share of what actually happened. And, you know, like only certain people actually know the truth. And so it was it was a shock to the team that he was just leaving us after, what, game three or four? And we had to go a whole season. I mean, you guys had to think he was a quitter at that point, didn't you? I mean, they're telling you, to, you know, to give it your all for the program and here the guy walks out. Or, or did you guys feel empathy for him? Or, did, or were you mad at him? I was mad. I, I am especially was mad because he was a person that rooted for me. Um, and yeah. when he left, it made it harder for me to be able to stay on the field like all the time and stay consistently and keep that like flow at corner. Um, and I can only speak for myself. Yeah, I was pretty mad. I sort of felt like he sort of just left us high and dry and there was no real explanation for it until things yeah. started coming out. And so we're all like, oh yeah, like we partially could have saw this coming. Like it's things start to add up, things start to make sense. But at the same time, like just partial during season, you're just like, wow, like who's our head coach? Can we follow this and like, you know, keep, you know, follow the team, work as a team. It was, it was a lot, but we yeah. did what we had to do at the time. Well, we won't we won't buzz kill anymore on this one. But I'm just curious with, with with playing, you played USC twice. Is there? I mean, you, you kind of think of USC, and there's this aura of the program, and you know they've kind of been the the big dog in the conference for decades, and maybe not as good of late. But I mean, was there any? I mean, when you play USC, did you get that feeling that you were playing somebody extra, you know, a special program, or did they just feel like another team when you played them? I think they just, they were another team when we played them. And so like people that give them fake hype, it, it's, it's like 
you just can't eat that with them. You got to sit there and see them as another team. And I think that's one thing Oregon State will do or hopefully will do and not be scared by it. I, yeah, again, like I do agree this team this year for USC is a lot better than any year that they've had prior for like the last, I don't know, five, six years because they have transfer quarterback, transfer running back, transfer receiver, and a lot of other great players. And um, yeah, like there's a lot of talent, but we have a lot of talent. And I think we have a lot a lot of heart this year, which is really awesome to see and a lot of pride. What do you what do you think decides this game on Saturday? Our defense, our defense. I mean, truly honest, my I don't believe a lot of Beaver fans are going to love this, but I don't see us winning. I see us losing by 17, but I think we're going to show a lot of heart and our run game is going to come into play. Our pass game is going to look well. And we're going to show that I don't think USC's defense is all that great. So we're going to move the ball a lot. But at the same time, I think that our defense and stopping the run and penalties holding is going to be a thing. So um, I see us losing by 17, though. Wow. I, I didn't see that coming. See, I think that I think the difference in the game is going to be, I, I, it's going to be Oregon State's offense against USC's defense. I I don't I, USC's defense was horrible last year, and they 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 still have a lot of the same guys back. Now I know they have a new coordinator. He's got him. He's got him fixed up a little bit. They have a few new bodies out there, but it's going to take a few years for they're back to the USC of old on defense and. I think Oregon State can move the ball on those guys on USC all day long. Uh, you know whether they can move it at the level that USC's offense can move. We'll see. So really, what the difference in the game is going to be is who wins the turnover battle because both teams can create turnovers. That's been USC's deal this year. They do get they do they do get takeaways. So you know whoever wins the takeover the takeover thing. I I think might just win the game it's that's always been a pretty important stat anyway but um in this game i i i, I think it's be pretty close i mean i i actually picked oregon state to win early in the week i'm still i'm still on the fence as to what i'm going to pick as the final final pick at the end of the week but especially with musgrave out i think that's that's a pretty big that's a pretty big blow but uh yeah. I, I just i i i, I I don't think Oregon State's going to have any problem moving the ball on USC, but whether they can, they they they've got to score when they get in the red zone, which they've been doing. They're they're number one in the country in red zone offense, so they you know they're tied with a bunch of other teams, but they've been in the red zone fourteen times and scored fourteen times, so um, they got to cash in on their opportunities for sure. Um, so USC's defense, or uh, excuse me, Oregon State's defense. How do you defend all those offensive weapons that, that the Trojans have? I mean, they've got they've got those you know the the, the they've got the the receiver transfers. They've got you know the quarterback, the running back. They've got you know they've just got they've got new guys all over the place, and and they've been they've been running up some pretty good numbers through three games. I think we have all the talent to stop their offense. Don't get me wrong. I think our corners. When they're ready to play and they're there to play, I think they have every receiver ready and locked down. It's going to, and then I think our D line is going to be an important factor. 
and our linebackers and just being able to stop the run or play action. I mean, I think those are going to be very important pieces in getting pressure on the quarterback. Um, I mean, we have a solid team. And I think the reason why I say the things that I say is because I always see trauma from prior, like previous years. And, you know, we have this great start and then watch this demise happen like halfway through the game. So I think this team is a newborn Beaver team. But I still think old school Beaver. So, I mean, it's going to be one of those things like, can they pull out a full four, full four quarters and lock down outside and get pressure inside? Yeah, I mean, I think the, 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 the pressure on the quarterback is going to be pretty big. And I don't know that they've, so far, I don't know the pass rush has been as good as it needs to be, especially against a guy you know what they're going to have to show against USC so um that that is going to be important but i i mean i do think this defense is pretty good it it it'll, it should be the best defense USC has seen for sure right you know Fresno's de- defense is pretty good but you know they've also played Rice and Stanford and I, neither one of those teams have defenses like Oregon State so you know this is going to it's going to be a challenge for USC too um but for Oregon State to succeed against that offense, they've got to get to the quarterback. They don't necessarily need to sack him, but but they've got to they've got to get hits on him and make him throw the ball before he wants to throw it. So, um, let's on the on the flip side, you know, Oregon, Oregon State's offense. How do you how do you? I mean, we've kind of talked a little bit about this, but I mean, how do you how do you think that they? What sort of numbers you do you see Oregon State putting up against the USC? I mean. I see about a 28, 28 points from our offense. I think we're going to be, like you were saying, I do agree. They're going to be able to move the ball around. Uh, I think we have great receivers. Musgrave, it, it sucks that we're going to be missing him. But, I mean, looking at the prior week, we have great. Harrison's going to be awesome. We have a lot of great receivers that are going to be a lot of help. And I think you're going to start seeing rising leaders come up especially now they're going to be ready to take on that leadership role and like really show that they are, are that we're not just one dimensional that we don't need just one guy or two guys like there's a core full of great receivers that are in at our beavers team and i think they're going to show it so i think as long as you know we have so many great running backs that are going to be able to move the ball it's really who's going to be hot on the run game and who are they, who's going to carry the team in the run game. And then when it comes to the outside, he's, I mean, I just love that he gets the ball around so many different athletes and so many players, then they make plays after the catch. So that's going to be a very important factor. I, I mean, I think this, this, this could be, this is chance Nolan's opportunity to show that he belongs in the conversation with elite quarterbacks. He doesn't get talked about in the Pac-12 with the with the biggest names, the Caleb Williams, the you know uh, Cam Rising and Bo Nix and some of the other guys. But you see the analytics through three weeks, and he's constantly among the best in the nation in these games. If you look at the you know Pro Football Focus, they put out these analytics and rate how the guy how quarterbacks are playing. He's constantly up there near the top. I, if he does it against USC, he's gonna be hard to ignore. And I, I kind of think that, 
know, this is his chance. I'm not saying he's going to do it, but I think he's capable of doing it. And I, I think he, I think he wants to be, I think he wants to prove he's, he's, he's right up there with the better quarterbacks in the conference and the nation. So, um, you know, he's got the ability to throw it any, anywhere around the field and he can, and he can run. So I, I, I'm, I'm watching chance Nolan on Saturday as, as, as someone that, you know, really could make a difference in, in the game, which, you know, is not saying a ton. He's the quarterback. Duh. I mean, they're, <laughs> they're, they usually do make a difference, but I mean, I just think in a game like this, this is chances opportunity to, to really, you know, set himself up with, you know, being in the discussion with, you know, elite quarterbacks in the conference. Um, Another thing that I think on that is, um, it's really like a great opportunity for, I think that again, just like Chance Nolan, I think that they're still underplaying Oregon state. I mean, they have them ranked as seventh in the pac 12 at the time. And I, I think in my opinion, they're at least three to four right now. So this is a game that has all the opportunity for Oregon state to really come out and show who they are. Yeah. I mean, I also think that, um, you know, this is this is Trace. This is also Trayshawn's Harrison to, to step up and show that he belongs in discussion as one of the better re- receivers in the conference. I mean, his last five quarters have been pretty good. He he he, he was he, he he had been you know he dropped the ball too much early in the year, but he he played well in the last quarter against Fresno and he lit it up last week. And you know they they think he's a really good receiver, and so I kind of think this is his chance to really you know stand out and and show something. Yeah, and same thing with Anthony Gould. He's he's been each week he's been getting a little bit better and shown being a little bit more explosive. And I think he's a guy they want to get going in the passing game. But you know, with with Oregon State, obviously with that team, it still starts with a running game. They you know that they're going to try to get Fenwick and Martinez going to some degree because if they can get the running game going, that just opens up everything for this team. So. You know, we'll see how USC defends that. If they can, if they can get some some good runs early in the game, I think that's going to help. You know, the things like I said about Chance being able to hit hit throws that, that make him successful, and Trayshawn Harrison and whatnot. I don't the the one the one wild card in this thing is without Musgrave. I don't know, you know, how effective the tight ends are because we just really don't know how Jake Overman is as as a number one tight end. You know, is he a guy that can? can make some plays in the passing game. He's only caught one pass this season and two in his career. Um, in fact, between the entire tight end group, they've only caught three passes total in their career. So, I mean, this is, this is a big, this is a big moment for those guys. Yeah, I think it's going to come down to like really how the week looks out for them this week. And I mean, when I was sitting there doing Beaver Blitz and seeing the recruits that came in, you know, they, there's some great freshmen and, I think, you know, like there's a lot of potential in the tight end room and maybe Coach Smith throws out, you know, just like, a, hey, this guy seems like he's proven himself and brings out another guy that could be the next great tight end. So, you know, it, it's it's going to be a great week to watch Oregon State and all the upside that they bring to the team. Yeah, I'm also curious to see what I'm sure Brian and Jonathan have come up with two or three plays that you know, we haven't seen this year yet and, and they're, they're saving them for USC and you know, they're coming. There's some, some sort of fly, fly sweep with reverse action or I don't know, you know, they'll, they'll come up with something that, that is going to, is, is going to get talked about either one way or the other. So I'm, I'm sure they're working on something like that. Always um, has a trick play. 
What uh, what do you think it would mean for Oregon State to go four and zero? I think this would mean the world to them. I think hopefully it wouldn't. You know, they'd stay humbled. But I mean, if they went four and zero, the sky's the limit for them, in my opinion. Who knows how they could end out the rest of the season? I think this is the team to beat, and this is the week to win. Um, if they want national talk, this is the week to do it, and this is the team to beat. So I think the sky's the limit for them, and there there could be a lot of upside and positive positivity. And, you know, I think they can start going into every other week confident, strong, and ready to really try to, you know, start some real talk on Pac-12 champion and so on and so forth. I think there's a lot more that can go to it. I mean, unfortunately, their schedule's was front loaded. They've, they, you know, they open up with SC and, and Utah to start pack 12, which, you know, I think some people might say that were, were the one and the two most likely teams to be in the pack 12 championship game. Um, so, but at four and oh, I mean, at four and oh, you're in the top 20. I don't think you're top 25 you're in the top 20. I, I, I think they go, go all the way probably up to 18 or so if you beat USC and at that point, you're you know, you're playing you're playing Utah with a lot of momentum, and you're playing a Utah team you beat last year. They were the best team in the Pac-12, and you beat them. So there's no fear against Utah. I'm not saying they they could go down there and lose 38 to seven, but I don't think Oregon State's going to be afraid to play Utah at all. Um, particularly if they beat USC, they're they're really going to go in there with some momentum. So, um, yeah, I think you know four and zero, it would be the best start since 2012. I mean. It, I mean, at this point, I kind of think they're headed to a bowl game, regardless of what happens these next two weeks. But, but I, I think the, the the stakes just grow exponentially if if, if they happen to win, if they happen to win this game on on Saturday at, at four and zero. So, where are you? Uh, where are you going to be watching the game from? I'll be watching the game from the coast this weekend. Well, hopefully, you got some good, good. Uh, I don't know, wireless or whatever. I don't yes, know. trust me, I will. <laughs> Having having I, I yeah it's it stuff on the coast can be spotty so I'll be in the I'll be in my my usual press box seat watching near the near the near the new video board supposedly they're bringing in a bunch of new speakers to make the sound a little better I think that place is gonna be a it's gonna be rocking Saturday because you got students there on campus this week for the first time this this fall I mean they're gonna be amped up it's a night game they love you know students love night games. Um, I think it's probably the best atmosphere we've seen at Oregon State. And shoot, I can't even remember the last time it, would, it, it, it. I mean, it's got to go back to, you know, the Riley days probably when it's been this when, when we've anticipated a game this big from from Oregon State. Um, so, well, um, I was gonna I was gonna get some questions from from. Uh, off of uh i sent I, I forgot to send something out earlier and i and i sent it out real late and so i really didn't i, I sent out too late to really get anything um you know to get any questions so we'll have to skip this segment but uh i think we've kind of talked talked enough about usc and sort of got got this game got this game going you know f- you know uh, 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 up until you know saturday we'll we're just gonna have to wait and see what Saturday. I've got I've got some stories coming on, on you know in the in the run up to the game. I've got a I'm doing a profile on on Anthony Gould. Is comes from a military background. Is his mom is a his mom is a was a prison guard in the army and 
Um, so he has kind of an interesting story and um, got a few other things coming from, from the USC Oregon state, you know, uh, run up to the game. So that's uh, I think that's going to, that's going to do it. Unless you got anything else that you can think of about uh, Saturday's game that people might want to know about. No, I think this is going to be a great one. And I think everybody should show up to this one because the more fans, the merrier and the more Oregon state's going to play better. So uh, I think it's going to be a great show out. I haven't even thought I should go. I got need to go look at SeatGeek and see what see what uh, tickets tickets on the secondary market are going. I imagine they're probably imagine there's probably some you can get a decent price for tickets on on this game because it's been sold out for a while. I know they have some standing room onlys they're selling, but I think I'd rather be sitting down sitting in a seat than standing in the in the terrace section. But um, anyway. I'll be there, we'll, and hopefully you'll 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 be watching it from the beach, and we'll be talking about this next next uh, next week, early next week, on on as we go into the Utah week. So that's uh, going to be a wrap on this week's edition of Beaver Banter. Remember, you can find this podcast wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Be sure to check out Oregon Live for all our Oregon State content. We'll be back next week to talk about the Beavers game against Utah and what it means, you know, going into October, October's going to be a a big month. You got Utah, then you got Stanford, Washington state. Those are, those are going to be three that the Stanford Washington state game are going to be a little bit, I think they're a little bit underrated given, you know, with all the hype and these, these next two games coming up, but as they, as the coaches like to say one game at a time. So we'll start with, we'll start with you at USC first. So, We'll, uh, we'll, we'll see you next week on Beaver Bander Podcast.